Support for the show comes from Atlassian. With a new story about AI coming out seemingly every day, it can be hard to know what it all means for you and your job. Atlassian thinks there's a lot to be excited about in the AI-powered future. Even right now, Atlassian's AI-powered software can help you boost productivity by eliminating menial tasks, generating insights, and helping you find information about projects, policies, and processes. No matter if you're a team of two or two million, or if you're around the corner or on another continent, Atlassian software keeps everyone connected and moving together as one towards shared goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Support for the show comes from Mercury. There's an art to making the complex feel simple. Everything should be in sync, so even the smallest part serves a bigger purpose. Simplicity can transform your business operations. That's why Mercury powers your financial workflows from the bank account so ambitious companies have the precision control and focus they need to perform at their best. Apply in minutes at mercury.com. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And this is Piers Morgan. No, it's not. <laughs> God, I need a job. I need a job. He never shuts his pie hole. The well, new co-host. Too. Well, yeah, that's that's the problem. He actually speaks his mind. No, he doesn't yeah, speak that's... his mind. Give me a break. He was like ghosted by her on a date, which he talked about extensively, and then got oh obsessed. Oh my god, with... he was ghosted by who? Meghan Markle. Oh, really? Yes. I did not Try know to that. keep up with this shit. I did Let not. Let me know tell that. you. He talked about it. Like he was like, I get oh, all I my never news from me Fox back. and CNN. Listen that's to it. me. He doesn't get to speak his mind. He's like a weird. He does this constantly, attacking women. Yeah. He does, he's like, this is really. Like, you yes. really think he? It's it's. I think it's a weird obsession with her. She, he like goes all out on her, and I do. It's really he was ghosted odd. by her. That's what that he said. He said in dish. an interview, he's used. I think he used the word ghosted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what that guy was referring to. He doesn't speak his mind. He's he's a pig in the way he talks about people. It's just gross. Actually, it's an insult to pigs. It's an insult. To hmm. Tell, tell us how you really feel. Okay. I just find it like ridiculous that like that you like immediately run to saying he speaks his mind. Could like anybody, any drunkle can say anything uh, like at a dinner party and it's a okay with you. I just don't think it's the case. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I would draw the comment, uh, <laughs> Pierce. Pierce, you know this is this is outrageous. And uh, <laughs> outrageous. I'm, He's just, I'm looking. He you know what? And what if they gets. don't bring Alan Alda in as no, the new daytime no, host, I'm going I'd on like, strike. Listen, who am I on the show with right now? I, you get very smart. Yeah. Cogent. Someone who's only ridiculously fucking liberal instead <laughs> no, of no, wants their statue no, cemented no, in the history of no, wokeness. No, he is like, he has a yeah. history of doing this. <laughs> oh, yeah. History. This is like, okay, okay, every white man continues to be a trend that is I'm always all of at those the things. top. I am all of those Always things. at the top. They're always aggrieved. They're always victims. They never get to say what they want. Well, he has like whatever million people on his Twitter feed. He's got a TV show. He's got a column. And then he claims victimhood. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. I, I agree. This is exhausting. Yes, anyway. What's our next story? <laughs> our next Kara? story. BuzzFeed announced massive layoffs at the Huffington Post. BuzzFeed acquired the Huffington Post from Verizon Media last month. And of course, it, it announced layoffs. A lot of the stuff they did was people are very good reporters, you know, who are very, more, more focused on reporting. A lot of the people that stayed are more who, not the people that stayed, but they're focusing more on obviously numbers and things like that. So what do you think about that? That's just- I don't know about you, but I have just had it with angry, white, aggrieved media companies. Oh. <laughs> I have just had it. 
By the way, these are pretty the white brands, going. aren't it's they? Have, like I mean, you yelling at me about being a liberal. It's like it's like it's like the yeah. Saturday that's night. clearly where it's headed. It's a, One of us is yelling at the other. That's clearly where this is headed. <laughs> this is like SNL. <laughs> you, you remember Jane? You ignorant slut. This yeah, is where I remember we're that. I'm glad this you is, said that. Yeah. It's okay. It was a great. That was a great. That was a great skit. show. Um, so anyway, what do you think of these 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 consolidations of media companies? It's just going to continue. Well, look, <laughs> kids. When I say kids, I mean students will come into my office hours. I never want to talk about the topic. They want to talk about careers. Right. And they talk about digital media and digital marketing yeah. as if it's, it's this robust ecosystem. Yeah. And digital marketing is an outstanding career as long as you go to work for Facebook or Google. And if you look at media companies, we, we tend to think that the proxy or the forward-looking indicator of success is old media versus new media. And that is we go, oh, its legacy is a newspaper, which means it's going out of business, but it's online, which means it's going to accelerate. And the reality is that Huffington Post and BuzzFeed are much less durable than the New York Times company or even Gannett. Right. And that is they have not figured out um, a, a customer acquisition model. They haven't figured out retention. They are constantly getting gamed uh, by Google and Facebook who mm -hmm. starch all the margin out of the traffic that they try and uh, get there. And, and basically the internet is all flowing through yep. a couple of touch points. Mm -hmm. And if you aren't one of those touch points, you just slowly but surely – leak value. We're seeing a huge consolidation. There will be probably one or two winners that are able to consolidate, lay off people, and get to profitability. I think actually our company, Vox, mm -hmm. it looks like it might be the last woman standing, so mm -hmm. to speak. Mm -hmm. But BuzzFeed and Huffington Post, quite frankly, lists, I've never understood the attraction of HuffPo. I never understood its positioning. I never understood its differentiation. I never understood its kind of- Well, it was sort of first out there. With a lot of the stuff. I mean, I, you know what I mean? But what is, in your mind, what is Huffington Post's I don't know. editorial view? I don't like BuzzFeed has lists. I'll yeah. give it that. They have well, lists. they have more than that, but they have some very excellent reports. But what, what does the Huffington Post stand for in your mind? In I don't know. That is, I think, I, I'm not quite, I think they bought it for traffic, I guess. I guess yeah. for, for traffic is what I assume they bought it for at the time, at that moment, because of that. And then, but they did manage to acquire some, you know, I think Ariana went all over the world opening Huffington Post Canada, which they closed mm -hmm. down completely. Um, uh, and some other things. And I didn't, I understood it in a bigger sense, but not in mm -hmm. a, an actual sense. It didn't make any sense to me to be opening outposts all over the world just because. Um, She's a visionary. But yeah. the, the, the thing is, a company that's able to raise cheap capital, which the Huffington Post was able to do, Yeah. Uh, you, what you want is promise and then performance. Yeah. And the reality is a visionary like um, Ariana yeah. and the notion of having journalism on the web and having, you know, celebrity kind of journalists every once in a while, yeah. although those two are oxymorons. The bottom line is the, the performance hasn't matched the promise that is, with that BuzzFeed is or Huffington Post. That is an excellent way to put it. That is an excellent. It's going to be hard. I think I think probably there's you know, news around a SPAC around BuzzFeed, of course, um, as is there is around Fox and others. But there's definitely a lot more noise around BuzzFeed right now. So you wonder if they're trying to clean it up for a SPAC situation. Yeah, I'd say the momentum... Uh, and you know we're we're pretty critical. Of, uh, we're not afraid to throw you know bite the hand that feeds us. But yeah. I would argue that the momentum at Vox is different than the momentum at Buzzfeed. It is right different. Now. They've been I think different our momentum companies. is actually. I think we actually have momentum right now. Yeah. And I would argue that the and it may be just the media coverage of Buzzfeed, but I would say the momentum, at least the perception, is the moment momentum is not good. Well, and you want to go into any public offering. The one thing SPACs aren't doing yet, and they probably should. Yeah is going after distressed properties. You would uh -huh. much rather be a shitty growth company. And when I say shitty, I mean buying growth mm -hmm. in non-economic terms mm -hmm. than a company that has real assets but is declining in revenue. Oh, um, interesting. 
So anyways, I don't, but SPACs will get there eventually. SPACs yeah. will start going after distressed properties. Yeah, 100%. It's just, it's just an interesting time for media, once again. But I think you're not going to see the end to consolidation in, in, as these things sort themselves out. Uh, maybe they can make their money via NFTs or some other way. Um, I'm joining Pierce Morgan's SPAC. <laughs> It's I want you aggrieved, to watch him the for aggrieved 10 white male spat. He's you're not like him. Let me just say. Let me just. Well, thanks that. for that. <laughs> thanks for that. But in any case, just watch him for. 10 I like minutes. Chelsea Handler. He, he and her got into it. I always thought she was great. She's great. And I never She's understood great. why he picked a fight with her. Watch him for ten minutes, and you'll get the whole point. Anyway, uh, I will stop with the with the aggrieved white men uh, thing. Although there was an interesting story. Oh yeah, Bob. I'm sure we're never going <laughs> to hear that talk track again. Well, it's, ex- it's just well, like glad, every glad day. that's over. Every day, it's glad like, that's oh, over. God, and they go on and on about Dr. Friggin' Seuss, these people. What is their problem? Like the people. Yeah, can we talk about that for a moment? Yes. That's just a capitalist move. Yes. The publisher exactly. has just decided we will sell more of these books if we get rid of certain shit that offends people. Mm-hmm. It's just a capitalist move. It and then is. and then Fox has decided yeah. we're gonna offend those same people because there's money in it. Yeah. Both are capitalist moves. They're using just, it as I a don't... thing. You saw the whatever his name is, Kevin, whatever the heck. The minority leader that keeps liking and disliking Trump, uh, who, who's such a like a stupid windmill. Um, anyway, a he was stupid reading. Stupid windmill. <laughs> Just he went back. That's before. very good. You should be in journalism. <laughs> a stupid windmill. I don't think listen, I've ever heard those two listen, words together. Listen to me. I'm just saying. Well, it's you're a exhausting. charming nuclear reactor. <laughs> Okay. I'm gonna, you know, that's I'm gonna, good. I'm going to have that, to. That's why you put up with my aggrievedness, my whiteness, and my maleness. One thing that's nice about your your aggrieved white maleness is you're often right on certain things. Let's go to the big story. Just because I'm angry doesn't mean I'm wrong. That's true. Here's the big story. Roblox went public this week. Let's talk about the company and what's next for the video gaming market. Uh, The Silicon Valley video game company, uh, it's an indie video game company, opened its first day of trading at $64.50, a share that was uh, up more than 43% from the reference price of $45. That valued Roblox at $41.9 billion, up from $4 billion just over a year ago. And you were talking about it, Scott. In the last year, uh, $56.9 uh, billion was spent on gaming in the U.S. That's up 27% from 2019. Not a surprise. A lot of people at home. Um, so what up? What Talk about it. Well, I don't know if you remember, but a certain podcast in Q3 of last year said this thing was a gangster when it was valued at $3 billion and said it was going to be a monster IPO. So why did you talk about your—walk us through your thinking on that so people can understand Well, it's not even a video game company. It really is a platform. And what they have done is they've learned from the sins of the father, and they've Mm -hmm. recognized that, okay— what does Facebook uh, do really poorly? One, they lie to us and try and feign concern about the well-being of our children. Mm-hmm. And this company actually has made substantial investments in content moderation. They have indeed. It, it is truly a platform where it tries to more than just stroke their fingers through the hands of their creators and then put a bullet in their head and starch mm-hmm. all the margin from their creators. A third of their revenue is going <laughs> to actual creators. plan. Yeah, okay, go ahead. I mean, they are, are a quarter, they, I believe they, they paid out to their creators a quarter of a billion people and they're not actually in the business of development. They're in right. the business of creating a platform and that then dis, it's more dispersion. It's like, okay, the people at Activision or Blizzard shouldn't get to decide what, what 11-year-olds want, what video games dispersion. they want to play with. If you're an individual who comes up with an idea for a, a fun, cute little game involving pigs and farms, and 11-year-olds love it, we just get it out there. We disperse, we leapfrog the traditional video game industrial complex, and we give you a portion of those rents. No mm-hmm. one video game, I think, has more than 10% 
market share. And yep. I, the, the numbers are just staggering here, over 50%. There are more people under the age of 18 on Roblox yep. than there are not. Yep. So this is arguably- It's interesting doing this thing, which you're just saying, going taking these sins of the people before them and making it a safe gaming platform for kids. Um, you know, it's it is important. It, you know, it's absolutely important. I, my, I had the longest time struggle with my kids and the video games, and it, because these large, you know, whatever the large platform was yeah, that agreed. put them out, it's it just it just creates something that it, it's interesting. Any of these companies taking the mistakes made, like a Shopify to an Amazon, or that is exactly or the right else. analogy. Thank exactly you. the right analogy. So, 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 right? They're up twelve percent again today. So, what, what? How does this whole space—not just Roblox, but what, what else should be? You know, hey, we're watching this happen. Let's make this. Well, there, there's what I call the immunity strategy or the zag strategy, and mm -hmm. that is when a zag? huge player, a huge player, is creating hundreds of billions of dollars in market capitalization. Yeah, and it's zagging. For example, it is using. Uh, Massive investment to create so much traffic, no one can compete with it. And then slowly but surely, partnering with its retailers on its platform the way a virus partners with a host, and that is keep it alive just long enough so you can soak it dry, mm -hmm. i.e. Amazon. Yeah. And then Shopify comes in and says, you know what? We're not going to be, quote, unquote, obsessively, obsessively focused on the consumer and as a result, basically treat our, our customers, our retailers yes, like shit. our partners. We steal their data. When their business becomes too profitable, we vertically integrate into it. We yep. decide what goes in the box. You don't know who the consumer is. Mm -hmm. And Shopify said, we are absolutely going to focus. We're going to zag. Yeah. We're going to let the retailer oh, see, control see, the customer. We're oh, going to give like you that. the data. We're going to give you the branding. We're going to let you decide what goes in the box. What is public doing? Disclosure, I'm an inv investor. All right, Robinhood, the number one player, has created $30 billion supposedly in market capitalization if Goldman Sachs is willing to be a total fucking hypocrite and take this company public. What do they do? Public says we're not going to sell order flow. We're not going to be bro-y. We're going to have 40% women. There is an enormous strategy of, of shareholder value creation around what I call the zag, and that mm -hmm. is when any one company creates the type of slipstream or air cover that creates hundreds of billions of dollars, look Look at the externalities, look at the viruses it's creating and saying, what immunities could we bring to market that are totally different than what's happened here? There's going to be TikTok like is that, zagging. That should be TikTok, your next book, Zag. TikTok is zagging against yep. social, mm -hmm. uh, against video platforms. It's trying to be cleaner. It's yeah. trying to be more optimistic. It's not allowing people to start insulting each other in the comments section. Mm -hmm. So there's, uh, anyway, but your your analogy is exactly the right one. Roblox so, is saying- Talk about where this goes, because, you know, this idea, it just, again, it's up 12% again today. Um, mm -hmm. it, it, I think it, it likes creators is what you're saying. Is that, oh, that's the second part, is that the respect for creators get tired in a system that's more um, predatory, I guess, is the right Right well, it just it's a it's an abusive relationship. YouTube yeah. is very good at publicizing the 15 people that make a million dollars on YouTube. But there are 15 million people creators on YouTube making less than a dollar because YouTube figures out a way to starch almost all of the margin out of the relationship. And they have been just incredibly fucking greedy mm -hmm. and have and Roblox is saying, "Okay, the key here is our partners, our creators." 
So even I think even TikTok's trying to be more generous with their creators and say, all right, how do we get the secret sauce here mm -hmm. is leveraging other people's creative talent. Mm -hmm. uh, and so where I think it heads is I think there is what I call a zag in every major market. Your, your guy from Neva, mm -hmm. he's creating a zag to Google. Yeah, he's trying. He's saying, mm -hmm. okay, what's the problem with Google? Google started out as the best place to get to the right information, and slowly but surely, Google has become a place that takes you to another place they can further monetize. Why? Because the advertising model is the tobacco to nicotine. It's the shit that gives you cancer. And so this, your buddy at Neva said, I'm going to make it subscription-based, and I won't have the temptation. The, then my focus will be to take you to the best place based on your query. That is a zag strategy. Yeah. I think that, I, by the way, I think that company is going to be a monster. They just closed their seed round, I think. Um, and he strikes me as incredibly yeah, impressive. Yeah, he did just cover. He did. He did. He's a really interesting guy. He's a, and he knows. He I think he, he I had him tell class of mine, and he was talking tell, telling the students why he did. He said I felt like I was part of something very menacing, essentially, which was interesting. All right, so what's next for the video game industry? What happens to these the big ones that you know sort of it was sort of like the record industry, and then they pick winners, you know, and then shower them with attention and also take a lot of their value, essentially. What happens in the, that's how the video game industry, you have these big video gaming companies that then publish mm -hmm. these things. Same thing with the book industry, everything. Um, this dispersion, bring it home to dispersion. Well, effectively, dispersion is kind of a, a pedantic, aggrieved white male way of saying, <laughs> when you leapfrog the traditional players. So <laughs> Warner Brothers and Wonder Woman 1984 have, have, have leapfrogged traditional movie theaters. Mm -hmm. And they've said, look, it's better for us. We'll create more shareholder value if we pulse, if we pulse HBO Max mm -hmm. by creating value and not taxing people by saying, all right, you either got to see a movie as a wait 12 weeks. Yeah. So it, these guys have said, all right, we're going to leapfrog the traditional gatekeepers. What would be interesting is if Sony or Microsoft create their own platforms and piss off the big game developers and say, we're going to let individual creators have access to this platform. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's really exciting. Roblox at this valuation, I'm not a buyer. I think it's an amazing company. Mm -hmm. But you know who else is zagging that just filed to their IPO? Oh. Is Coursera. Coursera. Coursera said, okay, there's this traditional... Uh, enforcer the caste system called elite universities, and we're going to zag and try and bring the cost down. And they went to MOOCs, and then they went to short form courses. They, according to their S one, I think, or they just filed to go public. They did a quarter of a billion dollars in revenue. Yeah. So, anyways, my point is, and I think this is the lesson to young people: when you see, uh, for example, Tesla. Mm -hmm. Tesla now has, even with its, Tesla has sold off 35% in the last like four weeks, which is extraordinary. But even with that sell-off. It's had a sell-off because, uh, there's lots of reasons, but go ahead, yeah. But it's still, it's unfair to say it's a sell-off because it's worth a half a trillion dollars. Yep, it's yep. worth the entire automobile mm -hmm. industry, yeah. even after its sell-off. That is going to attract competitors. And I think an interesting analysis, if you're in the automobile industry or you're just a young person trying to think through strategy, is to say, what are the externalities or what are the negatives of Tesla and what what automobile company could zag? Because everyone's zigging. Everyone's That's a saying tough one because of the difficulty of the technology. And the 100%. Market. But it's an interesting exercise to go through. And I'm just using this as an mm -hmm. example because by 2030, Volvo said they're going all electric. By 2035, GM said. So everyone's zigging. Mm -hmm. Is there an opportunity around something else? But, anyways, mm -hmm. my point is uh, as a species, How about we a giant gas guzzling car. What do you think? Well, those were, that was what saved Detroit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, do you remember yeah. the first time you saw yeah, a Hummer truck, and you thought, trucks, oh yeah. my God, oh, the, the species is going to go extinct. Yeah, but the Ford 150s, you're right. That yeah. was the winning so, so I think, anyways, it's, it's, I, I love the Zag. I love the Zag. The most innovative company 
companies of the last 10 years, I think, have been uh, companies I people like don't talk zag. about. I'm going to call you Zag from now on. You're a Zag. 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 You're Zag. You're a Zag. Okay, that would be your superhero name. You just Zag all over the place. You'd be like, Scott, I, calm I, down. I, Slow down. I, I like that you're looking at me in the context of a superhero versus the aggrieved white guy. <laughs> well, many superheroes are, if you think about, you no, know, the Iron nemesis Man, is, Iron Man's pretty aggrieved. He's always mad. That guy's not aggrieved. That he's guy's a, a gangster. He is, but he's often like Tony mad. Stark? He's mad. There's a lot of mad superheroes. Mm, I would say Hulk is an aggrieved white guy. Oh, yes. <laughs> he's, a sci- he's basically a scientist that didn't, didn't get tenure. The majority of my colleagues at Stern are the Hulk minus the muscles and good oh, intentions. Oh, man. Nothing like a mad professor. Mad oh, guy. yeah. It gets scary. <laughs> That's it. I'm going to throw my PBS tote bag at you if you continue this. <laughs> that was good. I just thought oh, I like that. Oh, I you don't like that. tenure, so they must love you, right? They must love you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I'm very popular around those parts right yeah, now. Yeah, someone mentioned that to me. I was in an NYU class. <laughs> about about how much they don't like me? No. Someone they, they, mentioned They were that. using euphemisms. Like, well, yeah. Scott's an interesting character. Uh, Scott's, yeah. Yeah. you know, he causes a lot of discussion around here. They were, they were trying to yeah. write discussion. around what they were. I was like, what are you trying to say? He's a pain in the ass? Is that what you think? No, he's a breath of fresh air. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> He's a breath of he's a breath of carbon monoxide when the garage door has been closed. Oh, it was funny. No, the, the, I got I got to give I got to give it to him. They are so much generous and patient with me than I would be with me. Yeah, uh, yeah. My de- the deans have been like wonderful, generous yeah. people. Anyway, anyway, what are we talking about? Where are we? Bring us back. Scott, in. we're talking about to Scott again. All right, we're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, this that was a very good call on Roblox. I'm going to give you credit there. There you go. That's right. Is that what That's you need right. to this Road week? to the blocks. Road to, Road the, to the blocks. Wait, I before we go, what? you know the most exciting news? What? I got a video, a text message video of yeah. a kid dunking. Uh huh. And it was oh, that, my son. Yeah. Your son is dunking. I know. Like, that is very he's like, exciting. right. I have like 20. He's like, I, he, I'm, he made me go. I actually had fun. I didn't think I would have fun because I'm so little. And I'm, I, that's time I had a basketball. Basketball's hands. great. Sixth grade. Basketball's great. You know what? He had a great time. He goes to the local neighborhood court here in Shaw and plays with all the kids there. And they're, they were all mm-hmm. wearing masks. It was nice. The mean streets of Calorama. No, is nice. that what you're trying he to get like your street cred? was like getting out and meeting people in the neighborhood. It was nice. It was, can yeah. you just not take a nice I'm sorry, thing? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There was no mean streets I never think there mean streets here. There's lovely people who live in this neighborhood. So um, so anyway, he had a great time and it was nice. And he does. He throws down. I saw that video. I watched does. it several times. He does. I have lots That's of That's exciting. Them. It's really, he like can reach the top and throw the ball in. He's very That's tall. called a dunk, Kara. That's yeah, what it means that. to dunk. I know. Reach dunk up and dunk, throw it down. Dunk. I know. I know. You know what yeah. I did? I tried to pull his pants down. That's what I tried. Nice. <laughs> so I was trying to nice. beat him. You and pantsed him. him? Actually, you know, you you never listen to my other things because you, uh, uh, you ignore me completely. Um, but I interviewed Spike Lee today and we had a long discussion about basketball. You're kidding. Yeah. How was he? Great. Funny. It's a really fun, it's a fun, easy NYU. NYU. That's right. He talks about NYU. He did not talk about Scott Galloway though, just so you Mm. know. Um, Okay. We're going to go on a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about the legal battles in big tech and a listener mail question. Fox Creative. This is advertiser content from Atlassian. One of our customers who produces pizza at a very large scale all across the world. Believe it or not, they use AI to review the quality of the pizzas that are created. That goes through a workflow that scans the images of the pizzas and makes sure they visually look like what they should. So it's pretty cool. That's Sharif Mansour, Atlassian's head of AI. Sharif thinks there's a lot for companies to be excited about on the AI-generated horizon, spanning everything from making pizza to producing podcasts like the one you're listening to now. 
there'll be far more jobs created on the other side of this revolution. Instead of a world of less, Sharif envisions an AI-powered world of more. In everyone's day job, they're moving from doing the thing to often being an architect of the thing. It unleashes the potential of every human. And I think we can go from a world where few people have access to a high level of intelligence to a lot more people having access to this information. AI is really giving everyone on the planet more resources to do great things. And I'm very optimistic about that opportunity that lies ahead. Transform teamwork with the power of AI-human collaboration. Start using Atlassian intelligence for your Atlassian products like Jira and Confluence now. Learn more at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Support for Pivot comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software, including Jira, Confluence, and Trello, help power the collaboration for teams to accomplish what would otherwise be impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200, or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR, and legal, can stay connected and moving together as one towards shared, company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Scott, we're back. Facebook is asking a federal judge to dismiss antitrust lawsuits by the Federal Trade Commission and the state's attorney, uh, attorneys general. Uh, the company is arguing that the government has no valid basis for alleging the social media giant is suppressing competition. This is the first legal move in the company. It's going to be a long time, I think, uh, since antitrust charges were handed down in December. Meanwhile, this week, a bill that would allow news outlets to bargain with tech platforms over the distribution of their content was introduced to a bi- by a bipartisan group of lawmakers. So what's happened in Australia is coming here. It's called the Journalism Competition and Preservation Act. That sounds sad, I have to say, and it's being touted as a way to say local news. Uh, and so it looks a lot like what happened in Australia. So what, the, things are moving. What do you think? What do you think? What's going on here? Obviously, Facebook's got a slap back. It's going to be interesting. I see this as uh, it's coming down to a battle between a lot of the judges that were appointed by the Trump administration mm-hmm. that never, you know, or uh, I think are probably more sort of Bork antitrust. They're more about let the markets go where they go. Mm-hmm. Uh, although we'll see, this has been a bit of a bipartisan issue versus two total gangsters, professors Tim Wu and Lena Khan. Yeah. And they've both been appointed to post within the administration. Yeah. And you do not Lena's want to fuck at the with F- these guys. Lena Khan's going to the FTC, um, or, mm. or allegedly. I mean, she's got to get through the, be approved and stuff. And then Tim Wu is joining the National Economic Council. That's right, right? The NEC. Yeah, I've had both of them. I think we've had both of them on our podcast. And they're both just incredible. She's an inspiration. You know, she's like 17 and is a legal scholar. And and Tim has the ability to just bring stuff down to kind of very basic, like you you listen to him say something, you go, well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it's super exciting uh, that both of them are in the administration. I think they're, you know, they, they're exactly the kind of people that you want wrestling with these issues such that you can trust that they will come up with really thoughtful 
decisions that are somewhere between, you know, the recognize the, the grays and the importance and the need for capitalism, free markets, but at the same time recognize the concentration of power that's occurred here. I, I think the, the, the signal, uh, Tim is joining the, uh, the technology and competition policy at the National Economic Council and Lena at the FTC. They're they're considered anti-tech. Like 100%. if you had to put them in a in a. Well, bucket. I wouldn't even say I don't know. They're not anti-tech. They're anti-monopoly. Right. And I think that what we fail to realize is that uh, breaking up monopolies will be really good for tech. Mm-hmm. It just might not be good for Facebook or Google CEOs. I think it's going to be good for their shareholders. I think yeah. it's going to be great for their employees to have more more uh, organizations bidding or, or trying to rent their their talent. I think I think it's going to be great for the markets, great mm-hmm. for job growth, great for taxation. So I would argue that. Professors Wu and Khan, Khan are very pro-tech. I just think they're anti-monopoly, which, by the way, is a very Republican capitalist positioning. Although um, Republicans are saying we just don't, shouldn't mess with success is often their argument. They, they seem to be less yeah. sympathetic. This feels well, like a bipartisan issue to me. Yeah, it does. It does. I think it would be really interesting to see what kind of influence they'll have and that the, the road to confirmation because um, when when – when there was a report of Khan's nomination, whether it was true or not, he Mike Lee, who's I think he's really one many cards short of a deck. Um, <laughs> he said uh, the Khan's nomination, if true, uh, was deeply concerning, mm-hmm. um, and he criticized her youth and experience. It's just ridiculous. She's she's really uh, you know Lena saying Khan? Like, she's a kid essentially. Ms. Khan, well, no doubt, has a promising career ahead. What of her he's saying that like it's a bad thing. But for being God's less sakes, than four years about out technology. of law school. I know. I was like, are you? You know who's what do we president? want? We don't want to have Strom Thurmond figuring out how to regulate. Let's get Strom Thurmond dug up from the grave and ask <laughs> about search. I know. Right. Right. So anyway, so and then he said her views on antitrust enforcement are also wildly out of step with a prudent approach to law. I mean, honestly, oh, she's, um, she's fucking John Travolta in yeah. step. Yeah, she exactly. is literally. On the disco floor with that that young woman's step. She's got step, Kara. She's got step. I think he's just, he's really lost the narrative, as they say. Um, and uh, and then uh, David Cicilline, who she worked for uh, during, worked with Khan during the tech investigation, said it would be a major victory for locally owned businesses, workers, and everyone who's been negatively affected by the dominance of uh, big tech. She worked for him on the anti Best congressional subcommittee. hearing I have ever witnessed. Absolutely. She and was in Tim, the background, and, and, and uh, Representative Cicilline put on a master class. Master class. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, uh, and hearings. Too young. Are you kidding? They wouldn't say that about Mark Zuckerberg when he was 24. What a brilliant person he is. No, he's an innovator, he's Kara. An innovator. He's an innovator. It's just ridiculous. No, it's, it, you're an <laughs> innovator. Had another if you're, job, If Mike. you're young and worth a billion dollars, you're an innovator. Yeah. And you're yeah. an, a great American. But if you're young and a woman, you're inexperienced. Yeah, yep, exactly. And a woman of color. So um, it, Tim's book, his 2019 book, was The Curse of Bigness, Antitrust in the New Gilded Age. Obviously, there's a lot of it's books coming out. It's a great book. Yeah. That is a great book. I read like two books a year, and that's one of them. He's yep. out, that was an outstanding book. Yep. And Anyways, I also, Biden's being very him. careful not to um, put any tech, too many tech people in big positions, like big prominent positions. You know, they don't want to do, uh, uh, you know, there was a rumor that Eric Schmidt was going to be in the administration role. And I think progressive groups were like, mm, 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 like that kind of thing. So I think that's a tough one. Yep. Yep. So this one. is going to be interesting. So Facebook's obviously going to, going to, going to fight back hard here. They're going to hire every lawyer that they can get their hands on and, uh, and try to push back on this. But I do feel like this is the worm is turned. Worm is turned. Worm, worm is turned. turned. We'll see. They could have some wins. They could have some wins. They're very clever people. There's some really uh, books that are coming out that are not so pretty. There's uh, Shira Frankel and Cecilia Wang, who are from the New York Times, have has has a book have a book coming out in July that I think is not. Uh, 
it's called The Ugly Truth, I think it's called. <laughs> Facebook, that's the name of the book. Uh, mm. So I think there'll be a lot of reporting on what happened within there just right when uh, the, 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 this stuff is, is, um, is coming out. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. I think it's called The I'm going to look it up. Anyway, we're going to move on to listener mail. All right, Rebecca, please play the question. It's for Scott, I think. You've got, you've got, I can't believe I'm going to be a mailman. You, you, you've got mail. Hi, Scott and Kara. Uh, Scott, this is a former student of yours uh, leaving a message here. My name is John, uh, based in Los Angeles. And uh, I have a question for you about what's going on with the Sony's sale of the PlayStation 5 console. Um, it seems like there's a significant violation of the Consumer Protection Act here. The Consumer Protection Act is clear that we have the right to be informed about the quality, quantity, potency, purity standard, and price of goods to protect the consumer against unfair trade practices. Sony and its retail partners have done nothing to stop bots from buying all the stock. How is this not a violation of the Consumer Protection Act? Thanks. Uh, so first off, John, uh, it's great to hear from you. Uh, I love hearing from uh, my 5,500 uh, alumni. Uh, so thanks for reaching out. Uh, Wait, so you this have, is you have affected 5,500 young minds? <laughs> infected or affected? I said infected, actually. Infected, yeah. <laughs> go that's, go ahead, keep go. going, sorry. Thanks for that. Uh, uh, anyway, so I'm, uh, scarcity value is really interesting. And uh, essentially, like everything, it's linked to instinct. And that is huh? uh, previous generations or in you know olden days, you were really smart instinctively, or it was an instinct to become obsessed over scarcity. If you sensed a scarcity of food, supposedly we have a third of the spinal ganglia of our brain is in our gut, you became obsessed with finding food. The moment there was a scarcity of it, you became obsessed with finding a mate if there was a scarcity because survival and propagation are really important. And that is still with us, this notion that the moment we perceive whether it's artificial or not, and it usually is artificial, scarcity, the value, the perceived value of that product skyrockets. So in this case, so you go buy a Panerai watch and and you go into any Panerai store and they're going to tell you, we don't have that model or there's only seven. And it's not because there's a supply constraint on the parts and movements. It's because luxury has mastered or tapped into the instinctive need of scarcity. And they create artificial scarcity to increase the value. The latest real gangsters around perceived scarcity are these new NTFs that are trying to convince you that if I create just one digital uh, application of this video or piece of art that it might be worth millions of dollars. That is really tapping into what I'll call instinctive overdrive around scarcity value. And in this instance, what Sony's decided is if some people, some actors, whether they're good actors or bad actors, move in with bots and create the illusion of scarcity, it drives up the value. And all of a sudden we become very focused, even obsessed in getting the PS5. Mm -hmm. The problem is the person that pays for that is just the average household that just wants a PS5 when it comes out. So do you, you know, what is the trade-off? Schools, universities, higher education have massively tapped into this bullshit notion of scarcity. Harvard, mm -hmm. Harvard has the endowment, the supply, the technology to increase their freshman class tenfold but they want to create scarcity because they're drunk on luxury and believe they're Hermes, not public servants. So scarcity value and understanding it and understanding how to leverage it and trade off short-term revenues to create an obsession, instinctual, an, an instinctive obsession with getting more of that product is an incredibly deft business strategy. And that's all that's being applied here. The question is whether or not it does it violate 
FTC or does it violate antitrust? I don't know. At what point does a bot become a person? If I leave my computer and program something to notify me, does that is that a bot or is that a person? I, I, I don't know. But I think the interesting thing here is how great brands and companies leverage scarcity value. Yeah, yeah. And yet not powerful for consumers. Well, it, there is some psychic reward to believing that you got something that has scarcity <sighs> value. I don't even know. We still have to talk about NFTs at some point, which we will. Um, you know what? I, it's it's been it's seven fun. minutes. It's it's been seven minutes, and I want to trigger you, Pierce Morgan. <laughs> he's my hero. He's my hero. He's my hero. I think he makes a lot of sense. A lot <laughs> okay, of sense. Okay. All right. All right. We're going to take one more quick break. That was an excellent answer, Scott. I'm going to be really nice to you today because that's the only thing that seems to work. Um, today. Yeah, today. Today. Well, today that's a great goal and a partnership. <laughs> you know what? We're in a long-term partnership Is that what you now. say to your wife? You know I'm, I think you're I tell you what, I'm going to be my, nice to you today. Here, here's the situation. I think we've just struck a long-term partnership and you're like, what? Just a minute. I want I, I, you're like, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm stuck with this lady for a while. You're the future ex. Mrs. Galloway, just in a professional sense. I mean, we will delve into that situation later, but right now we're going to take one more quick break and we'll be back for predictions. Okay, Scott, prediction time since you're just so good on Roblox. And um, one thing I will note I predict you're going to be on Bill Maher's show. Go on. I hear you on. Be on it with, well, with I don't know Larry what you're talking Wilmer, about. What did you say? You've been invited finally to the no. Bill Maher show. Tell me, tell me about how you feel about that. What are you going to talk about? Um, I think I'm uh, at the end of the day. I think I'm like Lyle Lovett, and that is they bring me on a talk show, hoping that Julia Roberts will come on. I think that <laughs> they're using me to get to you, but no, I don't I've been care. On the show. I'm I know. The show. I think they I want you back me. on. Anyways. Uh, anytime I meet someone who's nice to me, I'm like, does this person want me on their podcast or are they just trying to get to Kara? Anyway. <laughs> no, it's, you're anyway, my gator. I, you're the gating mechanism <laughs> for Kara Swisher. Um, anyway, what, tell filter. me what you're going to talk about. What are your? What do you think your themes are? I don't know. I, yeah. don't, I think my guess is we're going to talk about Megan and Harry and there's a one in three chance I'll be canceled. Oh, yeah. And we're going to talk about, um, I I'd think we're going to talk about. Piers Morgan before you mouthed off about him, but go ahead. Go yeah. ahead. Um, I don't, the honest truth is I don't know what we're going to talk about. I imagine we'll talk about my book, Post-Corona, From Crisis yeah. to Opportunity. Yes, good um, idea. But Larry Whitmore, who's, as you said, is lovely and funny, is on the show, as is uh, Anna Gerwich. Is that her name? She's a wonderful author that talks about family dysfunction, which is redundant. Right in your wheelhouse. That's right. Yeah, there you go. That's so, great. Um, That's going to be good. Everybody I be tune honest. in for Scott. Is this week? It's this tomorrow. Week? I got to be honest. It's a dream of mine. I, I love Bill Maher. I think he's courageous you and, he and funny. You will truly spark. You're of the same mind in many ways, I have to mm. say. You have a lot Aggrieved, of angry old guys? White no, males? but I think you'll both feel like you'll bond. I think you'll bond. I think you'll bond rather well. Are you going to do it long? Are you going to Los Angeles? It's kind of fun to be on. Yeah, there. I'm flying out there this afternoon. Good. Unfortunately, it's not as much fun. You could do, they they are very responsible and it's mm-hmm, inspiring. They, they do testing rapid tests the same day. No congregating. No, you know, studio audiences distanced. They're taking yeah. it very serious. As a matter of fact, they have two panelists instead of three, so everyone can sit more than six feet apart. Yeah, you'll have fun. It's a great set. It's a really fun set. And also, uh, there's two bed and there's, no, there's usually a party afterwards, and you're not going to get to go to that. That just sucks. That just blows. Maybe you could I'm have a so vaccinated down for the party. party. Maybe you and like who else? In California is having real troubles getting everyone. Although some yeah, people are getting trouble. better. It seems rather disorganized everywhere. Of course, as I've discussed. Yeah. Um, okay, what is your actual prediction? Uh, so I like I, Roblox, uh, gangster, uh, kind of reengineering or dispersion of video games. I think the IPO to watch, and I need to dig oh. into the S one. I need to understand the pricing. 
But I think the term Coursera and Coursera IPO mm. are going to be terms we that are going to be in the business news and on CNBC a lot. Okay. And I think the Coursera IPO, I, I'm not going to predict what the IPO is going to do until I dig in and understand the numbers, but um, their consumer pickup here and revenue here, and the company's still losing money, but Coursera, if they, if they cement, if the IPO cements and the lead up to the IPO cements their brand as sort of the leader and the pioneer in the dispersion of campus to online learning, you could have a company that could really uh, rock it on its IPO and pull the future forward with that additional capital. So anyways, my prediction is that just as no one had heard about Roblox four months ago, and now everyone's talking about it, we're about to go through the same upward cycle of awareness and value creation just through perception uh, around Coursera. Did you notice that Sundar Pichai answered our question about Google courses? He did? Yes, Sundar himself did, yeah. He's so likable. I know, isn't did he? Did he tag me in or did he just he tag did. you? He did. He tagged you. Don't worry. Why, he tagged I miss you. That? I miss that. He said it was a response, uh, and he said, Professor Galloway and Kara Swisher, yeah. uh, we're, we're get, we're, we just announced, Sooner, we just announced, is now open for Google Career Certificates in Data Analytics, Project Management, and UX Design. And then mm-hmm. he, and he, he specifically tagged you and wow. me. Wow. Isn't That's that nice? nice? Yeah. So Okay, don't break them up. I like them. <laughs> I like them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how easy it is, right? I'm yeah. like, well, maybe Google isn't that bad. That's yeah. under so likable. Yeah, yeah. He answered yeah. your question. You were said was wondering about the same thing when someone that. asked, Ryan Merrill asked, whatever happened to Google's certification program you and Kara Swisher talked about nearly a year ago? And then Sundar answered. answered. Wait in. He weighed in. So could be transformative. What, a little bit more. 50,000 plus have graduated from our IT support certificate and have prepared for careers in IT. We're now adding Google career certificates in data analytics, project management, and UX design, expanding our consortium of employers hire, uh, of hiring graduates. There you go. Well, that's nice. 50,000 people. Yeah. There that's you go. serious. There you go. You're, nice. you're making an impact, Scott. You're having yeah. a. Oh, yeah. This is all impact. about me. Thank you. <laughs> you right, seriously, pl- you play me like a fucking fiddle. <laughs> you're like. <laughs> You're like, okay, I've been, a, I've, 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 I've smacked him a little too hard. You're like, oh, I heard you going on Bill Maher. You, you literally play. I feel I'm happy for you. You're going, you'll enjoy it. I think you'll be great. And the more people should have a little Scott. Two time. things, two things. The yeah. first is I feel very manipulated. And second, I like it. Okay. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Well, it works for me. The whole world will get it to works see for me. the world of HBO Max, at least. Oh, we'll get to God. see uh, the Scott Galloway. We all know. Okay, that's the show. I will excited to watch you on Bill Maher. We'll be back on Tuesday. You can tell me about how it went, um, mm-hmm. how Los Angeles is. I I, I love Los love Angeles. LA. I love LA. As soon as I get vaccinated, I'm flying I'm gonna, out to LA. I'm going to go get a Cobb salad at the Beverly Hills Hotel. I'm going to go to Carney's. I'm going to go to really? In and Out Burger when we land at the airport. Oh, that's love a good idea. LA. There's a good one on the way to to Bill Maher's love show. That's LA. A, yeah. I love Valley. There's a uh, there's a great lunch place. It's so inside though. I don't know what I don't know what their rules are right now. Actually, see my fraternity brothers at dinner at a place called right? Massas or Mastos in Mas- Malibu. Yeah, yeah, it's Mastros. Mastros. Yeah, wow, you're so it's down in LA. Place. I don't. Know I love LA. LA. I spent a lot of time there. I miss yeah. it so. I miss it much. I have many friends there. Anyway, go to ny. Have a good time at nymag.com/slash/pivot to submit your questions for the podcast. The link is also in our show notes. Scott, don't forget to wear your mask too, because that's the new season. Hundred percent. Even though you've been vaccinated. Anyway, read us out. Today's show was produced by Rebecca Sinanis. Ernie Intratot engineered this episode. Thanks also to Hannah Rosen and Drew Burrows. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. 
you're an Android user. Check us out on Spotify or, frankly, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like the show, please recommend it to a friend. Thanks for listening to Pivot from New York Magazine and Vox Media. We'll be back next week for a breakdown of all things tech and business. Kara's son can jump really high and push that round thing down. It's called a dunk. Dunk. Throwing down. The Swisher children. The Swisher boys. Throwing down. Support for the show comes from Atlassian. Whether you're exploring space, making pizza, or producing a podcast like this one here, chances are your team is marching into the AI-generated horizon. Atlassian Intelligence is unleashing a new era of teamwork. You can use Atlassian's AI-powered products for everything from brainstorming ideas to finding information to summarizing huge documents, all by using normal, everyday language. Atlassian AI-powered software like Jira and Confluence help teams accomplish what would otherwise be impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. Learn how you can transform teamwork with the power of AI at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian.